Bible School Radio, 91.3 KDKR, Decatur, Dallas, Fort Worth, and 91.3 KYJC Commerce. Portions of KDKR programming do not necessarily reflect the views of this station, its management, or staff. Prudent Money with Bob Brooks is sponsored by the Prudent Money Foundation on 91.3. Well, what should you know about buying a car, part two? Today we're going to take a look. Stay tuned to the special Car Corner edition of Prudent Money. Good afternoon, this is Bob Brooks, and you are listening to the Prudent Money Radio Show. Thank you so much for joining me today. You know I do appreciate it. Tony Joe's with me today, as he is every Friday, to take your car corner questions. We do have lines open. We'd love to hear from you if you've got a question for Tony Joe. The number to call is 1-877-913-5357. 1-877-913-5357. You can also go to the website at www.prudentmoney.com. If you've got a question for me, send it in. I will get that taken care of for you. love to get information, uh, questions, and comments from you through that part of the website and you can take advantage of that prudentmoney.com 1-877-913-5357 Tony Joe how's it going today it is going very well and you sir <laughs> I'm doing great you just waited for me to turn your mic up yeah <laughs> why talk nobody's gonna hear me it's <laughs> true <clears throat> so Bob how how would you work your week how has your week been going it's good it it's is good. it's even better this friday yes that is true so basically everything's okay yes everything, good. Everything, i'm glad everything, to hear that in yourself fine fine but you if i'm tired of working for a living but you know <laughs> other than that everything's fine everything's so are you looking to buy a new car because i've got some tips here <clears throat> if, uh, really When's the last time you bought a new car? I haven't purchased a new vehicle since 1987. <laughs> it's the last and only brand new car I ever purchased. What did you buy? Uh, when the kids were little, we bought an 87 Aerostar Ford minivan. So, with the sliding doors, so you can put the groceries in there. So it, the, was the big, it was the big fad at the time. You know? So, 1987 was mm-hmm. the last time that you purchased a vehicle. That's correct. So, that's interesting. So, uh... I learned a hard lesson. Don't buy a brand new car. I mean, that's my personal... I shouldn't say that. That's my personal opinion, okay? Money, as you know, being a money manager and a person who invests and is very prudent with money and what to do with it, automobiles, I have decided, are probably... Just above gambling and drinking whiskey or being an alcoholic and drinking and losing your money that way. The car investment is absolutely one of the worst things you can do with your money. Um, you know, you, you buy a car, especially now. I went to the stock show in Fort Worth a couple of weeks ago and saw some of the new cars for sale. And I'm going to tell you, the new cars that they have right now that I saw cost more than my first house that I ever bought. So it's just unbelievable to me that people can afford that. 
well, I know a lot of people have money and they can afford it, but why would you is what I'm saying. It is not a good investment on, in, by, on any level. Well, what makes it worse is the interest rates on uh, on car and loans. And now there's it's that, just right? Unbelievable, and, and, right? And the interest right now, that much money at nine percent, ten percent. You know, if you've got great credit, you can get down there around five percent. But yeah, it makes it it makes it even harder to consider getting a car for <clears> sure. So, so help me fill in the uh, the, the dot uh, the blanks. So between 1987, so you had the Astro Van, right? Did I say that right? Why do you have to pick on me? Yes. <laughs> 1987 was the last brand new vehicle I ever purchased. Where, where's the Astro Van today? As, Aerostar, Ford, Aero, oh, Aero. not Astro. <laughs> Astro Chevrolet. Oh, who knows where it is today? It's probably in the big Aerostar Van in the sky. So where, what have you been driving all these years? Because I, I know that you... Well, I'll tell you, Bob. I mean, you you practically do, you live at the garage, but... Well, let me tell you what I drive ever since then. Mm -hmm. Ever since then, I drive anything that I can piece together, bubble gum, tie wraps, and bailing twine, and hold it together for me to get to work and back. That's it. But I drive, but I drive cheap. So vehicles you've inherited. Bob, let me tell you something. (laughs) I fill up my gas tank and spend more in my car than it's worth, okay? <laughs> so that's the kind of cars I drive. And although it's pathetic and sick, it appeals to me. It because does. it's cheap. And, yeah, and, and you're not... You're not I never took you as a cheap guy. Putting your money... Put, it, put your money into a... You know, invest in your 401k. Invest in you know, anything but a brand new car. You know, you're going to take a hit the minute you drive it off the lot. The depreciation is ridiculous. You finance it for, I mean, if you could actually buy a brand new car, pay it off in, say, three years max. Two years would be great, but three years max. Most people cannot do that. Most most regular folks cannot afford to do that. So you're going, I think, now seven and eight years on an auto loan. Yeah. That it, is absolutely the wrong thing. Let's go to line one, talk to Janet. Janet, thanks for waiting. What's on your mind today? Hi, I have a 2005 Subaru Forester that needs about $4,000 worth of work. I'm thinking I need to get another car. But the the Subarus out there, don't, they're not really comfortable for me, the Foresters. So I was wondering... What kind of a car might be comparable? Well, I will tell you this. Uh, I can name some comparable vehicles that you might test drive, but, but before we even get that far, can I talk to you about your particular vehicle? How many miles does it have on it? 138,000. All right. Now, can you tell me why it needs 4,000? Can you remember any of the stuff that it needs? Yes. Uh, there are a couple of major oil leaks, uh, the timing belt, the axle boot is cracked, and new tires. All four? Yes. All right. So let me just ask you something. <clears throat> if, you, if you had to replace the automobile, are you financially in a position to do so? 
Probably, yes, but the cost of new cars is really high, and I don't want to this, spend that okay, much. Okay, this is what I'm getting at. Try to follow me for a minute. You like the car you have. It fits you. It's You're used to it. If you were to yes. invest $4,000 in this car at 138000 this car will go and go and go and go. Subarus are bulletproof. So I'm just trying to give you an option to think about. You know, okay. you can go to, where did you have the, do you have a favorite mechanic that you trust? Yes. Good. And he's the one that gave you all the estimate on the $4,000 worth of work, correct? Yes, okay. yes. So we're going to say that it probably is in need of that kind of repair. A timing belt is a maintenance item. It's something you got to do like a tune-up or a brake job. Uh, okay. The rear front axle boot is a common, common problem with front-wheel drive vehicles. It's a, not an unusual problem to have at all. And the oil leaks are going to be... By the sound of it, the oil leaks are where all the expense is, that and the four tires. But any car you ever drive, if you keep it long enough, you got to buy tires. So I'm not looking this vehicle as such a bad vehicle after all. I think what you want to know is, is it worth putting $4,000 into, or should you just get rid of it, wash your hands of it, and get another car? Is that correct? Yes. Well, my opinion, just my opinion, would be, in today's market, with the price of used vehicles being a shortage, driving the price, you know, supply low, prices high, I think you're going to spend an awful lot more than you think until you go out there and shop. And I would suggest you take a second just to maybe weigh, put pen to paper, and maybe weigh the option of fixing your car. Because if you had 300,000 on it, there wouldn't be a question. But 138,000 miles on a Subaru Forester, you know, that's not a lot of miles in case you don't know that. That is about a third of the clock time that that car is probably evaluated for. So you might just think about that. Now let's, let's go to some comparable vehicles, okay? Okay. I assume... You bought the Forester because you like the SUV-style vehicle. I mean, you're not looking for a sedan. Yes. You want something like you have now. Yes. Kia, although they used to be very low quality, the, the, the uh, dependability on Kias and the engineering has come up tr immensely. So I would look at some moderately priced cars would be Kia Sportage, Hyundai Santa Fe, something like that. Uh, you can move on to a Jeep Ch Cherokee, Grand Cherokee is kind of like yours. Uh, it's a little bigger. The Kia Sportage and the Santa Fe are a little smaller, more like the size of your Subaru. But if you uh -huh. want to continue this, you can always call me back as you're shopping and ask me my opinion on what you're looking at. But right now, I would uh -huh. weigh the okay. options very carefully. Okay. Okay. Well, thank you very Janet, much. Thank you for calling in, and Lord bless you. And you. one 913 You know what's interesting? You talk about Hyundai and Kia. Would you compare them from a reliability standpoint in this day and time with the, with the uh, Honda, with the Toyota? I mean, you talk about reliable 
I would, cars have been reliable for decades. Here's the here's the trick to that, Bob. Real quick, Toyota has gone down, in my opinion, in dependability. Mm. I would put them even with Toyota. I would not put them up there with Honda, Nissan. One eight seven seven nine one three fifty three fifty seven. This is Bob Brooks. Stick around. Be right back. Dynamic, practical, life-changing. There's no point in going to church and not letting the Christ who gave birth to the church on the day of Pentecost change your life. Join us each day as Pastor Paul Shepard applies the timeless truth of Scripture to everyday life. It's Destined for Victory on this great station. Weekday afternoons at 3.30 here on Bible School Radio, KDKR. Enduring hardship and facing our own mortality can be overwhelming, but having an eternal perspective can make it less daunting. We'll see how that's possible, and we'll find out what makes the reading and preaching of the Bible both beneficial and necessary. That's this week on Truth For Life with Alistair Begg. Dynamic, practical, life-changing. There's no point in going to church and not letting the Christ who gave birth to the church on the day of Pentecost change your life. Join us each day as Pastor Paul Shepard applies the timeless truth of Scripture to everyday life. It's Destined for Victory on this great station. Weekday afternoons at 3.30 here on Bible School Radio, KDKR. Welcome back. This is Bob Brooks, and you are listening to the special Car Corner edition of Prudent Money. one 913 I do have a line open. Would love to hear from you today. Now you, you said something really quick before we got off uh, for the break, and you, you slipped the word Nissan in there. Would you put Nissan up in the, uh, the same place as a Honda? You know, you said, you said Toyota's dropped a bit dependability wise my opinion only yes so so out of curiosity where do you how do you come to that conclusion just by what i see and what i work with and what i when i look at the engineering behind something as i'm working on it Mm -hmm. toyota is still good but don't get me wrong they're good but they have been better toyota a few years ago was a lot better built vehicle than some of the things they're doing now. Nissan, Honda, Subaru, a lot of the Japanese cars, they are really well-engineered cars for the most part, and they are pretty dependable for the most part. Nissan has their issues. There's a lot of guys out there that are listening that know about the transmission issues with Nissan Altimas and stuff with that CBT. Yeah, everybody has their little weak spots here and there, but overall, I think Toyota dependability has dropped somewhat from 10 years ago. Hyundai and Kia used to be throwaway cars. They have come up to an impressive point, in my opinion. They are well-built cars, and I'd rank them right up there with Toyota right now. 
This is Bob Brooks. You are listening to the special car corner edition of Prudent Money, one 913 I guess what ends up happening, and you correct me if I'm wrong, is that in this day and time where there's so many pressures being applied to the automobile industry and the way they produce cars, they have to produce them to certain uh, environmental standards and this, this kind of thing, that that's where you'll really see where a car dealer will the car manufacturer will either step up or they'll cut corners. Right, exactly. And uh, I think I'm kind of, that to me is kind of the, the message underneath what you're saying. Yeah, you're exactly right. And I will tell you why it's that way. The political game that's played in the car industry is beyond anything we could discuss in the time we have left. But there are politics involved. There are rules and regulations, Bob. You've got to realize they are building cars in a global market now, not just to meet standards in the United States of America. So when you take into account all the aspects of all the factors that have to go into designing and engineering and still trying to come out with a profit, which is why you build a car and sell it like that, is you've got to make money. So all these factors are just so complicated and so involved and intertwined, especially the politics, that it's just, it's a ridiculous thing to me that they have to be this way, but this is uh, the reality. You know, what's interesting is the, uh, you mentioned this, I'm just kind of coming back to things that uh, we've, we've touched on. You know, talking about buying a new car, buying a pre-owned car, going out as much as eight years. I don't think I've seen anything longer than I don't know years. if I'm right on eight years. No, that might be seven. No, I know. So it's just, I, there's okay. eight-year loans out there. there okay. Uh, it's just uh, unbelievable what you have to do to get uh, the, the rate down. I so, can't so imagine anybody in the right mind, unless they were very unknowledgeable and naive, doesn't mean they're stupid. That just means their lack of in, uh, information. Like a young person would finance any car for eight years. That's just ridiculous. That is an absolute mistake financially. Well, you know, one of the, the, the biggest mistakes that people make when buying a car is they focus on the payment and the payment only. So they, you know, the, the dealers come in there with these things locked up at eight years mm-hmm. and, uh, and, then, and they look at that payment and they go, I can make that payment. Mm-hmm. That's because true. It, it does make an effect <clears throat> down the This road. is why they do what they do yeah, is sure. because they're looking at the payment. They're not looking at the future. That car isn't going to go eight years without some major problem. And when it does, you know, how are you going to afford that? So there's a number of things that are just, in my opinion, automotive, automobiles are the worst investment you can make. I mean, there's a few worse, but it's not a good investment. Drive moderate vehicles that are about worth what you're paying for them and try not to fall into that upside-down situation that you're forced into with a lease or a purchase where you paid too much. In today's times, paying too much is almost impossible because everything is expensive. But you got to try. You have to do your research. Try your best. That's, that's all anybody can ask of a person. Well, if you believe the government, the inflation rate continues to come down. But uh, you're, you're definitely not seeing that. All across the world. I don't know what they're looking at. But I don't sure. know if you're familiar with how good the economy is right now. <laughs> don't get, you may not be. Don't you get, may not be familiar with that. It's, 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 Sitting in this office all day. It's Friday. Don't even go <laughs> get me into uh, that that discussion. 
This is Bob Brooks, 1-877-913-5357. I do have a line open if you'd like to talk to Tony Joe. We've got a line open. There was one other thing. Oh, yeah, I know what it was. You you referred to the Kia and the Hyundai, the Hyundai as throwaway cars. And I, I've always, I've, I've heard you say that many times mm-hmm. in the past, but I, just for the, our listeners who probably don't know what you mean, okay. talk about that. And then... The, Follow that up with, are there other cars that, that you would, new cars being made that you would consider throwaway cars? Not today. I would have to say no. There are no cars like the Kia and Hyundai of the past. Now, let me reiterate the past. Ten years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago. You see, Bob, what happened with I believe, this is my own opinion, but this is just what I get from watching the industry. Hyundai and Kia wanted to get their share of the market. They wanted to break into the marketplace. So they were very inexpensive 20 years ago. Okay, You could buy a Hyundai and get a 10-year warranty, 100,000, uh, I think it was 10 years, it might still be, but... They had this great warranty, and the car was cheap to buy, fairly inexpensive. This is how they broke into the market. Now, once they get a foothold and get some name recognition and a reputation for being a major car manufacturer, their quality tightened up, became better and better and better, and now they're building a very good car. So you see how that worked? I mean, they were pretty sharp in how they approached the U.S. market, and this is Korean, by the way, that uh, that Koreans' uh, manufacturing is Hyundai and Kia. Now, a lot of people don't know this. Hyundai is a huge company. Hyundai builds builds backhoes and industrial equipment and all kinds of stuff. They are this conglomerate, worldwide, heavy-duty. I mean, they're not a stranger to building stuff automotive things and such. So they they kind of used to be a throwaway car because you bought them cheap and you got, if, if you got 100,000 miles, they were pretty well whipped and you got right. rid of them. But they were cheap for the man that needed something on the cheap right now but needed, you know, to get back on his feet or whatever the reason. You could buy it cheap, you could drive it, and then you had plans on getting rid of it eventually, trading it off, selling it, or junking it depending on you know how long you kept it so that's how they broke into the market and now they i'd say that was quite a successful endeavor for them because they really do have a good car now so what are you doing what you do all day long you you see a little bit of everything what about the uh, the replacement parts that that uh, people generally people are are, you know mm -hmm. they're they're choosing to not go out and buy the new car they're choosing to get the car fixed and, and make it make it last are they are they paying more today for the uh, the parts yeah the, the the thing that i've noticed is if the vehicle is less expensive msrp you know brand new uh i have personally noticed that even though the car is cheaper to buy like a mitsubishi you know, I can't think of any particular one right now, but a, a, a cheaper vehicle, generally cheaper list price. The parts are more expensive when you go to repair them. Now, that's just something that I noticed in my little world of car repair. 
However, I will say this. Lately, in the past year or so, every car part is more expensive now. Inflation has taken its toll and reached the automotive industry, and, you know, it lags behind a lot of things like the grocery store because there's so much supply that you have to deplete, and then all of a sudden, car parts creep up and up and up. So everything is expensive nowadays. But generally, to answer your question, the cheaper the car, you can expect to pay a little more for service. Isn't that wild? Yeah. That's interesting. What about the uh, the wait time for parts? Is that uh, about the same as it's always been, or is that getting a little tight? It's touch and go here and there. I got a actually a 2016 Chevrolet truck as of today, this morning, that I can't get a particular part for fuel pump, which is a common problem, but I can't get one, uh, a high-pressure fuel pump for this thing for... Oh, there is no time. I called, and I said, you know, here's the part I need. Well, we're we're out of stock. They're on back order. And I said, what's the ETA on any of them? And he said, there is no ETA. In other words, we can't even give you a time frame for you to... See, I have to turn around and hang the phone up and call the customer. Yeah, sure. So I need some input, you know. Tough job. This is Bob Brooks. If you got a question for me, please go to the website at prudentmoney.com and send it in because we are all out of time. Till we do meet again next time. Keep the faith and have a great rest of the day. That's all the time we have for today. Questions or comments for Bob or to find out more great information like what you've just heard, visit www.prudentmoney.com. Be sure to join Bob Brooks again for the next edition of Prudent Money.